Are you tired of feeling stuck in your personal or professional life? Do you feel like you've made mistakes that have held you back? Have you ever felt like some past mistakes or circumstances have defined your present circumstances? Do you want to make a change but don't know where to start? In this episode, our guest Tommy Breedlove shares his inspiring story of personal transformation and provides actionable steps for anyone looking to make a change in their life. Despite growing up in an environment rife with abuse and violence and even committing a violent crime himself at the age of 18, he managed to turn his life around more than once. First, he managed to get out of jail, go to college and be successful by society's standards. And then realizing that anger was still governing his life and could lead him down the wrong path again, he managed to turn his life around from anger-based to love-based. He's a true change maker. With us, he shares where to put energy and focus to achieve personal and professional success. What is essential to make progress in your life and in your transformation? What is love and the many sides of it? The importance of a tribe of finding like-minded people. What should your number one priority be? What is the key to leading, loving, and respecting others better? How can you work on your emotional, mental, and spiritual muscles to transform your life? The meaning of self-responsibility. The difference between niceness and kindness, and why is this important to understand? The power of accountability. And he gives us concrete steps and actions on how to make the first step into transforming our lives. He also shared with us the one thing that everybody struggles with, how he can predict your future, the three gifts we all have, and how we can use them to transform our lives. Get ready to take notes as there is so much packed in this episode. Join us as we learn from Tommy Breedlove about the power of personal growth, self-responsibility, and accountability. Let's get right into it. Have you ever wondered what makes people capable of creating changes that impact their lives and the world around them? What is their way of thinking, their mentality, their patterns, their perceptions of the world, their reactions to different life events? What influences them? My name is Cristina Puyol, and I invite you to join me in this adventure where we will explore together the mind of change makers. Today I have with me a premier leadership business, relationship, and mindset coach who is a regularly featured keynote speaker all over the world. My guest started his 20-year corporate career at one of the largest financial consulting firms in the world, and eventually he became a shareholder and a member of the board of directors for one of the largest public accounting and financial firms in the southeast of USA. And at the top of his career, he experienced a transformational moment, inspiring him to walk away from the corporate world to change his life and follow his true calling. He's also a Wall Street Journal and US Today best-selling author of the book, Legendary, which I hope he tells us a lot about. And he <laughs> found the Legendary Life Movement. His goal is to help everybody to become the person they've always wanted to be. So help me in welcoming Tommy Breedlove. Hi, Tommy. 
Christina, I'm so excited to be here. We've already already had a wonderful conversation off camera. So thank you. I'm humbled and honored. Uh, I think it's so cool in the modern world that I'm here in the Southeast United States. You're in Spain and we get to we get to connect and hopefully inspire and hopefully motivate ourselves and others. So thank you for having me. No, thank you. It's my pleasure. And I think it's one of the good things of the pandemic is that everybody now is a lot more open to like connecting through the internet and, and seeing like podcasts through, you know, Zoom calls instead of like the whole settings. So for me, it's a privilege to have you here and be connected with you. And I would like people to know a little bit more about you. Like what was your, you know, your story? How did you change, you know, from being in that corporate world to now the things that you're doing inspiring so many people uh thank you for that it, it i have to actually go back to my childhood um because it's real i'll do it fast i promise you i'll <laughs> yeah, do it no, fast because yeah. i'd rather make it more about uh the work as opposed to my story but i will i will go very fast um i grew up um in a very hardworking part of the southern united states not many people went to university or colleges it was a very um think mechanics, uh, military, et cetera. And I was going to be the first person in my family to go to college and God willing graduate. Um, unfortunately, I grew up around a lot of violence and abuse inside and out of the home. And at 18 years old, I became what I hated. I became that violence, committed a violent crime at 18 years old and was looking at seven years in prison. And that's not a fun place to be. Um, luckily, it was dropped to a lesser charge, but I still was still was uh, sentenced to two years. So instead of being at university, I spent my 19th birthday incarcerated. Really cool thing happened to me there. Uh, one of the first male mentors appeared in my life. I didn't have much good, strong male uh, companionship or mentorship in my life. He was an African-American gentleman, which is really cool. Usually people don't cross racial lines in, in those type of institutions. But he called me young blood and he mentored me. Um, he showed me what being a man was and said, you're not going to become a part of this revolving door system. So when I got out, I went to work, no kidding, for a nuclear waste container factory running a machine. Oh, wow. Went to, went to college at night, did end up at university. And one of the things I'm very proud of is I went from a jail cell to a company called Deloitte, Deloitte Touche at the time, in three years. So oh, here's wow. the transformational moment. Fast forward 16 years, and here I am. I'm the first person in my in my family to ever have real financial success. I've got the corner office, the shiny suit, you know, the things that I thought would make me happy. I've got status, respect, somewhat power, um, but I still felt angry. I feel still felt insecure. I feel still felt like I didn't belong and that I wasn't enough, honestly, even though on the outside, I looked like I had it all going on. And when the money, the power, the respect didn't fulfill me, I turned to all the darkness that you, if for anybody who's seen The Wolf of Wall Street, I lived that lifestyle. And it almost cost me everything at 36 years old. Uh, my, it almost cost me my marriage, my firm, and honestly, my life. And I decided at that point to figure out who I truly was. Like, who is Tommy? Um, not not playing a role, not being a fake Tommy or the fun guy or the important guy or the life of the party guy. I just wanted to figure out who I was. And so I made me my full-time job with coaching, with books, with mentorship, with therapy, um, and just really working on my confidence, my self-esteem, my emotional strength, my mental strength, and my spiritual strength. And here's what's really cool. I never planned on leaving the financial consulting, mergers and acquisitions, and public accounting world. 
because I was pretty high up and making a lot of money. But here's the tangible results. Just by focusing on me for, for in three years, I doubled my income. I went from a junior partner to a senior partner to board of director, owner of the phone firm, and I led the international practice. So I've actually worked in Barcelona. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but that was the tangible result. So my network 10X, my money doubled. I went to the top of, I'm 39 years old on the board and most of the people were in their 60s. But even more importantly, I was humble. I was kind. I respected love and led myself first. My marriage went from life support to strength. Um, I went I went from being a loud, arrogant, insecure guy to a quiet, humble guy. I went from being one of the most disliked people in the firm to one of the most beloved. But I felt this sense of inner peace and fulfillment. And that's when all of these entrepreneurs, corporate executives, bankers, you know, the people in the professional world started reaching out to me. And I thought they wanted to do business. But what they actually wanted was some some advice, some some wisdom about what I did. And I just started mentoring people in their 60s, 50s, 40s, 30s, young people. And they all were like, you need to write a book. And so we wrote a book. It became legendary. And we became a Wall Street Journal and USA Today bestseller. New York Times were coming. And through that and through my my the support of my wife, the support of my network, and the support of all these people, we have built the Legendary Life Movement, which is for high-achieving entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs or executives or expiring executives we want to be the home that people do business and life with. We don't want people just to be elite in their careers or their businesses. We want them also to be elite in their relationships, elite in their mindset, lean their heart set, and really live life with significance and impact. So we, we, we're still business focused, but we also concentrate on life. So that, that is my origin story, my friend. I hope I did that fast enough. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, but it's amazing. There's so many things there. And, 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 and you know, one of the things is to bring hope to people that if you have screwed up at some point in your life you know there's there's nothing that will make it you know that you cannot make it like you 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 are an example it's truly amazing and i want to know a little bit more if it's possible that mentor that you first had um that african-american person i know everything is a process but what are things that you remember that really impacted you to start making a change in your life uh, there's something you said that i want to re- hear i want people here again and i'll answer your question because it's so it's so important it doesn't matter what's been done to you or what you've done or a mistake you've made or where you find yourself you're not alone Mm -hmm. Um, and never give up, never lose hope and know that you're not alone. If you've been through it or made the mistake or something's been done to you, there's millions of others just like you. And I think people need to hear that because some, like I felt alone. I felt that I was the only person who thought that way. I thought I was the only person who was scared. I thought that was the only person who was insecure. And really it's, it's most of us. And to hear that you're not alone and that with baby actions, you can change any, any part of your life. I just want to hope I, you said it and I just wanted people to rehear it. Yes. So here's what he did for me. He gave me the gift of going second. He was very authentic and vulnerable with me. And this was a big man. I mean, he was built and big and strong and he's in his forties. I'm 19 years old. I mean, he was the lion and I was the sheep. But what he did is he told me his life story about what it looked like to be in in and out of these institutions, the time he's lost with his wife, the time he's lost with his children, how hard it was to break the cycle of violence, how hard it was to because of who he surrounded himself with and where he, he just never could break it. 
And he wanted me to know that there is another way to live. There is another way to hope. There is another way to do life. Um, he called me young blood, which is kind of cool. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he kept calling me young blood, like young blood. We're not, you're not going to become a part of this system. And he also held me accountable when I would, when I would start steering away or, or not following the rules that this particular institution are doing this or getting a little ahead of my skis for lack of a better word. He, he really also disciplined me in a healthy way. Mm -hmm. So from accountability to wisdom to sharing his story, um, which really scared me to death, uh, but also showing me what it meant, no matter how bad his circumstances, because he was going to be there a long time. He still held his head high, his shoulders back, and he was now net giving to not just me, to other people to help hopefully make their lives better and to not follow in his footsteps. So even there in the worst of situations, he was making, you know, he was living a life of purpose and impact and significance. And I'm eternally grateful that he showed up in my life. And I think I might not be popular saying this, but I think we we are ready to embrace the victims, but we're not so ready to embrace the perpetrators of whatever things. And I think if we don't heal with the people that have problems, whatever the circumstances, you know, whatever happened, we're not gonna heal. Like we all need to heal together. And so we need to open the arms to everyone who has you know, done something wrong for whatever reason. And I know I won't be popular saying this. And, you know, there are, you know, there are situations where people have to stay in jail forever and ever. But there are situations where people go for the wrong reasons or for, you know, because you lived a situation where that's what you learn. And, and that was the your way to coping with your situation. So I think it's I agree. Important. Yeah. I, I so agree with you. And I've heard this saying, and I don't agree with it, is a, a tiger can never change its stripes. Well, I did, and I work every day at it. Now, it's a never-ending, like every day I work on my mindset. Every day I work on my heart set. Every day I work on my soul set because I have this voice in my head that's very, very loud, that's very, very negative. We've actually named him Ike. Um, like Ike shows his head, and Ike wants to burn down Rome, where I want to lead with love. I want to share wisdom and not advice. I want to be a learner, not a knower. I want to be a net giver, but Ike wants me to burn down Rome. So I have to work at it every day. But what we can't do, and I'm in complete agreement with you, is I'm not a fan of this cancellation culture. Humans make silly mistakes. Mm -hmm. We do. We say dumb things. We do dumb things. Sometimes we're acting in unawareness and unconsciousness. You never know what someone's going through. And if they if they hold themselves accountable and they do small changes and they work on their heart muscle and their mind muscle, and they also anyone can get out of any situation, but we can't cancel human beings. We can't write them off um, because, you know, we're human at the end of the day. And I love the word flossom is that we're awesome and we're flawed. That's a good one. <laughs> now, and I like when you said that uh, your mentor was holding you accountable and he was disciplining you, you know, with love, but, you know, it, it doesn't mean that everything is okay. No, you right. know, there are things that are wrong and, and you have to be accountable for the things that you do wrong, but that doesn't mean that there's no compassion, love and, and willingness, to, willingness to help and help someone get out of where they are, you know? So, yeah, I think that's truly I important. Agree. Yeah. And I think leading with love, um, when people first hear us say that, because we're around entrepreneurs, we're around high achievers, we're around executives in our movement, and lead with love is not a woo-woo thing. Love is also boundaries. Mm -hmm, love exactly. is also accountability. Yeah. Yeah. Love is also discipline. Love is also saying no. 
Exactly. Um, and so there's there's the forceful compassion, but it's compassion nevertheless. And I always tell our men and women that kindness, we need to give kindness all the time. Our niceness is earned, but we have to lead with love and kindness. Now, to be nice to someone, which means they've earned that right for us not to, to lower our boundaries, to lower our walls, that's a little different. But we have to start with compassion and kindness. Um, but that doesn't mean boundaries. That doesn't mean forceful compassion. That doesn't mean saying no. And that doesn't mean getting out of unhealthy situations. And so I think leading with love is just the opposite of fear. As long as we're not guiding ourselves in fear, we're going to be good to go. Yeah. And I like that distinction between kindness and niceness. Yeah. And it's like you can be kind, but, you know, opening yourself, that's another story. And, and you have to earn that. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta you gotta earn the vulnerability. You gotta authenticity. We need to be ourselves because we try to be someone we're not so much, <laughs> and that's exhausting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know, before we lower our guard and be truly vulnerable and open up our hearts, because otherwise, if we don't do that, we're gonna we're gonna get hurt quite a bit. And unconscious, unaware people will take advantage. And so that's why I say niceness is earned. Yeah, yeah, I love it. And then you made another huge transformation. So once you found out, you know, that you could make, and it's amazing, you know, that you went from there in, in almost no time, you know, to be successful, at least to the people's eyes, and then you decided, okay, this is not enough. So it shows that, you know, what people say over and over and over, but some people don't listen to, that money is not the answer to everything. It helps, you know, it always helps and you have resources for many things, but it's not going to make you happy. It's not going to make you fulfill. Yeah, I'm in agreement with that. I, I believe money is important. Um, I love this joke. Um, T. Harbecker says a joke and it's not really a joke. He says, uh, for anyone who says money is not important, run from them. They're broke. I think that's funny. Um, <laughs> however, however, it's a magnifying glass. Yeah. Exactly. And wherever you go, there you are. Yeah. And if you're an angry, judgmental, cynical, insecure, arrogant, mean, angry person, money is going to magnify that 10x. Um, if you're an impactful, purposeful, loving, kind, compassionate person, it'll magnify that 10x. And money will allow you to experience life to its fullest. I, and I hope everybody is, is financially successful. But I promise you, there is no material item. Now, it's fun to drink a nice bottle of wine or take a good vacation or, you know, sitting on a boat. All of those things are wonderful. And I hope everyone has that. But again, if you're an angry person on a boat, you're going to be an angry person on a boat. If you're present and grateful that you're on that boat, it's going to magnify that. So money is a magnifying glass. I mean, we see it played at the political and religious level. I, and I'm I'm a I'm not a political or religious, you know, I, I stay away from that because it's too, it's too dynamic. But the reason our souls hurt when politicians talk, the reason our souls hurt when, because they're not being authentic, they're saying one thing and doing another. Mm -hmm. And um, there's you an example of a magnifying glass because most of the people in power are wealthy. Uh, but there's a magnifying glass of why when we watch the news or we see a certain politician like our souls, like that doesn't make any sense. That's that's the magnifying glass. We want to be the exact opposite of that. We want to be a person of impact who's experienced life, who's grateful, present and leading with love. So I'm with you on that. Yeah.
I've been on both and, sides, right? I've been on both sides of the coin. Yeah. <laughs> no, and you can speak of it because many times, I, you know, I hear people like, yeah, people that have money say that money is not important because they have it, you know, but when you don't have it, it is important and it is the most important thing. And so I think it's a, you, you are a good testimony because you've been on both sides and, and you've experienced, you know, the, the ends of it. And so it's good that you can say that one more time, but also to emphasize that, you know, money is great, but along the way, also work on you and, and don't forget that. And so if, you know, it's, it's a thing that you can do at the same time, you don't have to stop working on getting money while you're working on you. And it's gonna, like you were saying in three years, you double your salary and did a lot of things because you work on you. And so that's fundamental. I think we've got it backwards. And this, this is the pillars that we stand on. Like, uh, in the legendary life movement. And this is going to sound selfish, but it's actually the most selfless thing we can do is our number one priority for the entire movement is prioritization of ourselves. I'm talking work on your physical muscles every day, your mental muscles every day, your emotional muscles every day. And if it's important to you, your spiritual muscles, that, that's very important to me because I like to be connected with what all like with everyone, like what we've talked about. Um, when we prioritize ourselves first, that's the number one thing we stand on. Number two is isolation is the enemy of excellence. We want, you've got to do life with a like-minded tribe. We want to be the home that you do business and life with. We want to be the people that you look forward to seeing, but we also push each other to be better, not only in business, but in life. And number three is eternal growth. But let's go back to number one is so many of us think that when we have this or when we get to there here or when we have this title or, or when I have more of this, I will be happy or then I will do something. And that's backwards because that's like swimming to a horizon. You'll never get there. The corner is always moving. But if we shift that to priority, we are our number one asset. If we're not here, it doesn't matter. But I want not only to work on your physical body, but your mental body, your emotional body and your spiritual body. And with less than an hour a day of just prioritizing you and working on you, I do two hours a day. And I'll tell you why. A, I'm in the business. And B, if I don't, I get off the tracks really quick. This is not what it looks like to have it all figured out. I know myself. I'm very self-aware. And I know what I have to do every day because I'm making big business decisions for people. I'm making big life decisions for people and I'm making them for myself. And I want to be as strong and as present and as strong in my heart, mind and soul as I can be so that I can serve others. But if we lead, love and respect ourselves first, lead, love and respect ourselves first, we will lead, love and respect others better. And I think we have so many of us put ourselves last and we've got to reverse that to putting ourselves first, our time second, and our significant other third. Those are our three biggest assets. If you don't have a significant other, kudos to you. They will be your biggest asset or biggest liability, so choose wisely. <laughs> <laughs> but it's us first, our time second, our significant other third. And if we do that, I promise you success, happiness, fulfillment, patience, courage, confidence, they will come to you. And I love what you talk about the the muscle, the emotional muscle and the spiritual muscle. How well before we go there, going back to your changes, you had also the big change of living corporate life and starting your journey of self-discovery. And I know everything is a process. I know there's like one moment, uh, you know, but when you decided, okay, I need to work on myself, 
what were you thinking to make that shift? Because a lot of people are like, no, I can do this, you know, and they're they're like bulldozers of working, but not making the shift of caring more about themselves. What made you shift that? So mine was, I was scared of where I was going. Um, I knew I had made too like, I don't, one of my goals is not for people to hit their proverbial rock bottom, whatever that means. It's different for everyone. Right. Um, but I want people to know that. Um, so I, I felt I was, I wasn't going to get a third chance for lack of a better word. If I mm-hmm. kept going, if I kept acting like I was acting, I had all of the, like, Financially, I was fine, but spiritually, mentally, emotionally, my marriage, my relationships, my friendships were were basically frauds. And I didn't want to be that anymore. I didn't want to not be me. I didn't want to be fearful and angry and insecure and worried. And I didn't, I became aware for lack of a better word. And I looked around and what I used to think was nonsense, you know, personal development, therapy, um, self-help, all that good stuff. But I'm like, well, what I'm doing is not working. So let me go work on this. So, um, you know, I drank from a fire hose when I started from therapists to coaches to books. And what I noticed a shift over three years is, um, but it happens pretty quick, is how much better I felt, how much taller I stood, how much more present I was, how courageous I became, how confident, but also how quiet. And um, I love the way I felt. I love the way when I looked in the mirror that I saw an enemy, like I saw an ally and no longer an enemy. I saw someone I was proud of. I saw someone that was lovable, that was valuable, that was enough. And for me, I wish I could touch those people who are on the hamster wheel. They're taking a lot of action, but there's no intention behind it. And they think when I have more money or when I have this house, I'll be happy. Well, no, you won't. If you're not happy now, you won't be happy then. If you're not confident now, you won't be confident then. You'll just have no confidence, no happiness with more stuff. And stuff is important. I'm not saying it's not. However, I wish people understood it by with less than an hour a day of just solely prioritizing you. And I want to talk about the mental emotional emotional muscles here in a second, but just prioritizing you, your health, your mind, your heart, and your soul. I'm telling you more success, more happiness, more courage, more peace, more patience. You won't let the outside world with all of its negative news and Instagram fabulous and LinkedIn successful. You won't let all that bother you. Because you will be standing in your own power, your own patience, your own confidence, your own fulfillment. And it's so much better than the other way. Mm-hmm. And so um, it for me, it was a proverbial rock bottom. And I knew if I didn't change, I was either going to end up back where I was at 18. I didn't want to go back there. Or I was going to end up um, losing everything, you know, my wife, my firm, my career. And I, 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 that was just unacceptable to me. And so that was my moment, but my hope is don't have that moment. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> like yeah well, that, exactly. Well, the idea, the idea of this is also when people tell their stories, you know, they get inspired and maybe they see, Oh, I didn't think of that. I, you know, that, but that's me and I'm going that way because some people don't put names to anything, you know? And so they, if you tell them, Oh, you know, you're angry. No, I'm not, <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> and then it's like, if you're, but when they hear a story, F you, I'm not angry. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm fine. <laughs> so, so it's good to hear stories because then they can relate to it. And I wonder like, how did the people around you, uh, because once you start changing, then you're not the person they're used to having around. So how did they be, you know, take the new Tommy around them? Not well, 
and I have to, I'm going to give you the analogy, but I want, we keep touching on it. Um, The key is awareness. And it's not that people are bad people. They're just unaware. And we've been fed a story from our media to where you grew up, to your parents, to who you hang around, to what you read, what political affiliation you have, what religion you follow. you're, You're telling yourself this story that's probably not true. Um, and I tell people you can rewrite your own story, but if you feel alone, you don't feel successful enough, you don't feel happy, you don't feel fulfilled, you stare at the sky and wonder what this all means and why am I here, that's an indication that you need to lean in, look in the mirror, and know that's a, the problem and the solution. No one owes you anything. You owe it to yourself. Society's not going to come fix you. A politician's not going to come fix you. And a religion's not going to, quote, save you. You got to look in the mirror and participate in your own rescue. So if you're not happy, not successful, you're alone, your relationship's not good, look in the mirror. That is the problem and the solution. And you just got to take small actions every day to be a little bit better than you were yesterday. And it pays compounding interest. Um, and so I, I feel like I went off script there. Ask me your question again so I can come back. <laughs> no, no, but that's that's very good. I think it's important to know it's taking responsibility of your own situation and knowing that you can fix it. You might be the problem, but you're also the solution. Always. And I think, yeah, and I think that's crucial. And not, you know, you want to create, like you were saying, a tribe around you that supports you. But at the beginning, you might be the outsider because uh, this is what I was asking you. So when you change, people may not like your change, even though you might be like really angry or whatever all the time but that's what they're used to so suddenly you are a different person that means they have to look into their stuff you know now you're not the bad person now they have to look into their situation too so i was asking you the people around you how did they react how was your relationship changes you know great question i think you're one of the first people and i've done thousands of these that it's an outstanding question so thank you for asking me that because at first it was not pretty So I want to prepare people. Um, I'm going to give you the analogy. The analogy is like climbing a mountain. When you start working on yourself and start working on your heart muscles, your mind muscles, your soul muscles, and your body muscles, it's like climbing a mountain. Your energy changes. The way you vibrate changes. The way you speak changes. The way you feel changes. And you start repeating. You can still speak the language and feel the way the people on the ground feels. You just don't want to. Mm -hmm. So... I was changing my energy, but at first people thought I was full of it because they thought I was just going through some sort of spiritual transformation or I was drinking some sort of Kool-Aid. So I had to like, for example, my wife and my true friends, I had to earn their respect back. It's just like niceness. Respect is earned. And rightfully so they didn't trust me because I was saying one thing and doing others. So for them, I had to earn. But remember this, pain likes pain. Anger likes anger. Judgment likes judgment. So guess when I was in pain, when I was running around like the Wolf of Wall Street, when I was judging people, when I was angry, when I was insecure, and when I was arrogant, guess what I attracted into my life? All of those people. So all of those people, whether it was publicly or privately, eventually ran out of my life, but at first really criticized me even at my firm and did it publicly. Um, And so you just got to be prepared if you're angry or insecure or arrogant. Most arrogant people don't know they're arrogant, which is just insecurity on steroids. You're going to attract those people in your life. So it was very difficult at first. I felt very alone. 
But what's interesting is you'll be at the grocery store because you're vibrating differently. You're feeling different. You're a little more happy. You're a little more fulfilled. All of a sudden you're at the grocery store and you'll hear somebody say something. You're like, oh, that's my tribe because they're in gratitude. They're in presence. They're saying something kind to someone. They're giving a smile. They're picking up a piece of trash and throwing it away because they want the world to be a better place. And what's really, you're only alone for a short amount of time, but you start attracting those other people into your life. Um, it, which really hard on this front is the, is the family front. Um, you know, the joke, if you look around your family and you don't see the crazy one, you're it. Um, <laughs> but you know, we, we can, we can choose our friends. Um, we can choose our colleagues. We can choose where we work. We can't choose our family. And that's been the toughest part of all because of where I grew up, how I grew up, the people in my family, I, to this day, I have one of my closest family members call me an absolute fraud. She said, your book's a fraud. Your marriage is a fraud. You're a fraud. And wait till all of the people in your movement find out who you really are. That's just pain wanting me to go back into pain. And it's not that she's a bad person. It's just that she's unaware of her ignorance and unaware of the story that she's telling herself in her head. And so it makes the family part makes it very hard. But what's what's glorious about this is you get to set boundaries and you don't feel bad about it. You stop letting people who don't matter, you don't let them matter anymore. And so you surround yourself with loving, inspiring people going in the same direction, present, grateful people, and you just feel better. Um, and I don't ever live in shame. I don't ever really care about what people who don't matter. I don't let them matter. And so at first it's a little lonely. At first you're going to, you know, people hate happiness and success. They're going to throw stones at you. Let them. That means you're doing something right. And honestly, you don't want those people in your life anymore, but if you wait, you will attract the right people in your life. So great question because it, it was challenging for the first year. Yeah. And I think it's important because when you're making a change, you want the world to agree with your change and they might not agree because they, they're not used to that you and that new you might not be what they want, but yeah. you have to stick to it. And so it's good that you share that and that people know that you have to just stay and then reframe, like you're saying, this, this person that is a family of yours, he's the teacher reminding you that you don't want to be there and you're strong enough to be where you are now. And well said. Yeah. <laughs> so this is the teacher that reminds you that you're not there anymore and you're moving forward. And thank God that you're moving forward. And, you know, so I think that's it's, if you reframe those relationships that family are here for life lessons, right? The friends that are five minutes is a five minute lesson, but your your family is the life lessons that you chose. So I think it's a it's a good reminder of your where you came from, you know, and so yeah, and you're sharing it openly. So I think that's the main thing that also people can relate and see that you are authentic. You're sharing your roots and where you went through. And that makes it even um, easier for people to connect with you that have gone through stuff that are hard to share, because I think with these things, there's a lot of shame and guilt. And that makes it hard to share, which means you have everything stuck there inside you and you're not opening up for the change. So I think that's important to yeah, share. What we're hoping that we're doing here is let people know they're not alone. To let people know, look in the mirror again, that is the problem and the solution. Um, participate in your own rescue and whatever story, and it is just a story, it feels so real that's in your heart and your mind about who you are, where you're going and who's coming with you. If you feel down or bad or insecure or angry or judgmental or cynical, no, you're not alone. 
But again, look in the mirror. That's the problem and solution. And whatever story you're telling yourself about someone else or something else or yourself, you can rewrite at any time. It just takes work, action, commitment, and changing new habits. And it's literally that simple. But unfortunately, only about 10 out of 100 people will do it. And that's what makes me sad. Yeah. Well, just keep going at it. You know, <laughs> we need you. We need you. <laughs> <laughs> but this is not what it sounds like to have it all figured out. Yeah. I still make mistakes in my marriage. I still say things I regret. I still get angry. I still get upset. I still get sad. I still get insecure. But every day is getting a little bit better. And now I take eight steps forward and two back, whereas I used to take one forward and 11 back. And so it feels so much better. And you sleep better at night. You feel better. Your friendships are so much better. Your Honestly, your sex life is so much better. I mean, yeah. everything's just better when you're when you're working on you. So I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it because you're also saying with so much enthusiasm, like, yes, follow this. <laughs> and I think it's important to say that it's constant work and it's not not to feel emotions. I think people also think sometimes, some people, that you stop feeling bad emotions, whatever, it's not bad. But this is how we put the label to it. And it's not bad. You just have better tools to cope with situations that are stressful for you and you yep. learn to have better tools and to do things differently it doesn't mean that you don't have feelings it doesn't mean you're a human person who came to experience feelings so you're still going to feel like you're saying angry mad things go wrong you have a discussion with your spouse and but you have better tools to deal with things yeah and life's going to happen it's not if it's going to happen it's when it's going to happen and the one thing that and we got to keep this it's, we don't like talking about it we don't like looking at it but all of us every second of every day we're a little closer to the end of our lives and we don't know when that'll happen but the only thing that's true for all of us is that we're not going to be here forever but that's also a gift because if we were perfect and immortal we would be very bored um, and, and so I see it as a gift is every second of every day, you can choose to smile at someone. You can choose to make an impact for yourself or someone else. And like every second is a gift. Uh, as we speak, I am losing my mother as we speak. Um, and so, but it's a beautiful life lesson, um, of, of, of a whole bunch of things. And so if we don't take ourselves too seriously and know that we, that our time on this earth is very limited, why not seize this day, seize this opportunity and seize this moment to work on ourselves, to never stop growing? Because if we're not growing, we're dying mm. and to go out there and make a difference for ourselves and others. And I, I think that's what life's all about. Life's all about leading with love, like giving love, receiving love and serving and leaving this world a little bit better than we found it. So, yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you for sharing and all my love to you yeah, and thank your you. family. Yeah. I, I would love to know a little bit more like these muscles that we were talking about, especially like people know the physical muscle, you know, the mental muscle. Yeah. But the emotional muscle, how do you practice that muscle and the spiritual muscle? Absolutely. So I'm going to tell you how. Um, let me tell you, their, their mind muscle and heart muscle are very different things. I know a lot of and I'll use the United States. In the United States, we have something called Navy SEALs. Um, they're very elite special forces, and I know them. I know some of them. Some of them are clients, and some of them are friends. There's we an example. We had uh, Mark Divine here on the podcast. Yeah, it's really amazing. Yeah, a lot of those guys, and not all of them, but a lot of those guys are as mentally tough as you can be. 
um, where they can walk through fear that, you know, the, the, the mental state, the confidence, mental, mental is confidence, right? But confidence is two things. Confidence is confident in your craft and confident in who you are. That's mental toughness, emotional heart toughness. And it's just like you said it best. We know the physical muscles. You got to run, you got to cardio, you got to exercise, you got to eat right. Well, you still have to go to the mental, emotional, and spiritual gym as well. Emotional strength is self-esteem. It's self-love. It's self-kindness. It's self-respect and leading yourself. So how do you cultivate mental toughness, spiritual toughness, and heart toughness? I'm going to tell you the first two things you have to do, and your listeners are going to hate it. You're going to hate it. And it's hard because we're addicted to it. And, and I work hard at not being addicted to it. Is number one, you've got to shut down all the pollution that's going into your eyes and ears almost incessantly while you're awake. It's incessant and it's overwhelming. You can't have negativity, division, and fear mongering going in your eyes and ears every waking moment of your life and feel mentally or spiritually or emotionally safe. So you've got to cut out of the negativity. What does negativity mean? Here's the yeah, here's the pain. I'm good. I'm just preparing everybody. Start shaking. It's coming through your phone and coming through your TVs, and it's coming to you at a level your soul, heart, and mind can't handle. If you're on Twitter for more than three minutes a day, you're 60% more likely to say you had a bad day because it's just people screaming at each other. If you're watching 24-hour news, think about how your shoulders and hearts feel, left or right, doesn't matter to me, how you feel afterwards. If you're looking on social media and Instagram and everybody's famous and popular and you're and you that's not reality, you're not gonna feel good. Facebook, Everybody's screaming at each other and giving you their political, religious, or even worse now, medical opinion, and none of them are doctors. And you got LinkedIn and everybody feels so successful. You've got to cut all that noise out. And even while we're watching on like Hulu or Amazon or YouTube or whatever you guys have in Europe, most of what we watch is negativity. Mm -hmm. um, it's war. It's set. It's like it's pain likes pain. And so the first thing we have to do is we have to eliminate, it's like drinking poison for 16 hours and expecting to feel good. Instead, read a book, listen to this podcast, go out, walk in nature, go have dinner with a friend, grow, learn something, sit around a fire. I call fire God's TV because we just stare at it like it's a TV. <laughs> um, there's so many wonderful things. Go for a while. I mean, there's a million different positive things you can do. But just know our technology needs to serve us and us not serve it. Our phones, social media, video games, and the fantasy of TV, it's all meant to keep us addicted to that. So it's okay that you're addicted. Now you know, now you've got to transform. Now you got to do something about it. So that's number one. I'm giving you simple things, and then we're going to get into more algebra. We're doing arithmetic right now, and then we'll get into the algebra. Number two hard thing is you got to get the negative people out of your life. You got to become aware. If you hang out with angry people, you're going to be angry. You hang out with people who outsource their feelings to politicians, you're going to be, you're going to outsource your feelings to politicians. You're not going to be unaware. Let me tell you why. I haven't watched the news in 15, 14 years. 14 years. I have not watched the news. True. But when something big happens, everybody tells me about it and everybody tells me their opinion about it. Apparently, we're shooting down damn balloons here in North America. I didn't know that. 15 people have told me that in the last. It doesn't make me any better knowing that, but I'm not unaware. You won't be unaware. You'll just feel a whole lot better. 
But look around you. Are these like-minded people? Are they moving toward success? Are they moving toward happiness? And I have three rules for people I hang out with. My three rules are, are they net givers? So if someone's taught constantly taking your heart, mind, or soul, get rid of them. Are they net givers? Do they fill your cup? Do they make you happy? And here's the or, it's not an and, or do they make you better? Most of the people who make me better don't make me happy because they're always calling me out on my nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the that's first good. two things. You got to get rid of the negative. You can't feel emotion. You can't feel love and self self-esteem, which is your heart muscle. You can't feel love for yourself and self-esteem. If you're constantly being told you're bad, that's called shame. Our politicians, our news, a lot of our religions, and a lot of our TV shames us. You're not this. You're not worthiness. You're not enough. And they also say, I've got you. And they don't have us. They just want to stay in power. Let's just be clear. So we can't outsource our emotion. We can't have all that entering our heart and minds and feel good about ourselves. So remember, mental toughness is confidence. That's confidence in doing the reps. That's getting in the gym and working out. That's running. That's working in your craft. That's constant growth. That's constant learning. That's your mental toughness. Your heart toughness is self-love, self-esteem, self-respect. And if you lead, love, and respect yourself, and I'm going to give you the tools, and we don't have enough time to go through all the tools to do both. Remember, if you're not growing, you're dying. So for your mental set, I want to be proactive, not reactive. I want to be mentally strong. I am in the success mentoring business. I want people to be successful in business and in life. Guess what I have? A, a coach. I'm in the coaching business. I actually have two coach. I run men's and women's masterminds. Guess what I pay to be in? A mastermind. It's making me confident in my craft. It's making me mentally tough because I'm constantly doing the reps and practicing what I preach and improving my skills. So mental toughness comes with doing the reps over and over and over again. And all of a sudden you feel really confident in what you're doing. You feel confident in who you are. You feel confident in how you look. That's mental toughness. That's when your head's up and your shoulders are back. But there's a lot of mentally tough people in this world that are mentally, emotionally and spiritually weak. If you don't think so, look on Facebook. Heart muscle is all about cultivating your self-esteem. To me, that's around surrounding yourself with positive messaging. Read a personal development book. Read um, The Secret. Read Legendary. It's filled with mental and emotional hack. But to me, it's about loving yourself. It's cultivating your self-esteem. Intentions, affirmations, awareness, meditation, growth. There's all sorts of tactics in this too, but the, all of these things actually work. So remember, mental toughness is confidence in what you do and how you do it and how you show up. Emotional toughness is cultivating your self-restraint, the story in your head, the story in your heart, knowing that you are lovable enough, valuable, and worthy. Every single day, I listen to a 16-minute thing that I've recorded for myself. Gratitudes are your heart muscles. Being grateful for who I am, how far I've come, the blessings in my life, my wife, my friends. Gratitude is working on the heart muscle. It's working. It's because you you love what it's not contentment. It's seeing it, it's it's love. It's abundance and presence. Um, intentions like what are your intentions today? Thank you, Tommy, for being a loving, present, patient husband. That's one of the intentions I've been writing because I've been working on that to be better. But that's rewiring my heart. Thank you, Tommy, for the gratitude to myself. That's telling myself, I love you, that I've got you. And thank you for our, that's rewiring the story in your heart. That's heart. And spiritual is opening your mind. 
is seeing the good all around you. It's it's also re- like I read the Daily Stoic every day. I read 365 Dow every day. I read Christian Mystics every day. And what you'll notice, you notice I've got a cross, Buddha, Yoda, and Athena behind me. That's stuff I read all the time that makes me spiritually connected to everyone else. To know that the Buddhist message and the Christian message are very, very similar within certain things. That if you the ache, it's what connects you with the acorn that makes the oak. And so to me, I'm hanging around open-minded people. I think traveling helps open your heart, mind, and soul. Because you, whether you're in Europe, Middle East, North America, South America, you realize people all want to be seen, heard, loved, valued, and free. And that when we look in each other's eyes, other than maybe a little skin difference, we're pretty much all the same. That yeah. spiritual connection. Mm -hmm. Um, And so for me, reading the great wisdoms, studying the great wisdoms, hanging out with people. So I just I just flooded you with a whole bunch of tools. Um, And I'm not I'm not here to promote legendary, but legendary is chopped full of basic tactics, fun tactics. And what I love about legendary. And by the way, if you're not a reader, I will read it to you. So get it on audible. (laughs) Um, But it but it has all these tips and strategies that are executable and doable and start small and think big to work on your heart, mind, soul, and your body. So I'll get off my soapbox now. <laughs> <laughs> no, we will make sure that we put a link to to your book and that people can read in the notes so that they can find the book quickly and then also your website and all the information for sure. And I think I will tell the people at the beginning of this podcast, please take your pen and pencil and notes <laughs> so that you can take all the notes possible about this podcast. There's so much in it. So and and I think just choosing one or two things to start with, if you, you know, if you're already doing some of it, then look for the things that you're not doing and then check of the muscles, which is the one that is weakest at the moment and work on it. And I think we all have to be working like going to the gym. You know, even if you are fit, you need to keep going to the gym to stay fit and to keep, you know, with age, we change. So you have to see what adjust you have to make to your routine. And it's the same for your emotional because there's different moments in your life. You're going through a tough emotional moment, you know, right now. Your wife also was sick. And so there's a lot of things. And then the business and your friends and the, the work. So things change. So we have to keep working on ourselves and and growing in all the different muscles so i think your message is really important and, a lot and this of- is going to sound this is going to sound harsh may i share something let yeah. me let me first start with some if i was going to start like people like well where do i start this is overwhelming there's two places i would start only two one is read or listen to great books legendary think and grow rich the secret Um, There's a billion of them out there. Read or listen. But here's the second part of that. You got to apply one thing in the book. It's intentional action. You have to take action. You just can't read it. You got to go take action. So that's number one. And number two, I would start a gratitude practice. Every day I would write down six things I'm grateful for. Three of them have to be to yourself. Thank you, Tommy. Thank you, Christina. What you're doing is giving yourself self-love. You're giving yourself appreciation for whatever you're doing right. And you're in the present moment. So I would start with reading or listening to a book, legendary, let's do that one, and applying the knowledge and then starting a gratitude practice. But I want to I want to go a little further. And this is why this is so important, because you said something so good. I'm going to name some things. It's going to sound brutal, but this is true. Your money, your respect, your home, your friendships, your families, your children, your significant other, your clothes your respect, all of the things that we surround ourselves with can be taken away from us like that. That's sad and brutal, 
but it's true. true. We can't have love without the pain. You can't have the rainbow without the storms. However, what I want to tell people is when life gets hard and it will get hard, if you work on your heart, mind, and soul and body every single day for a short amount of time, prioritizing yourself first, you will run to the fire and not away from it. You will stand in strength, confidence, humility, and courage, as opposed to letting it shut you down. And so that's why this work is so important is so you don't crumble when things get hard. Yeah. And I want everyone to hear if I can do this, anyone can do it. It's I have no special gifts, no special skills, except I show up every day for myself. I do the work and I've built new habits. Your habits will dictate your, your future. And I also say again, I want to remind you one more time, show me your friends and I will tell you your future. Be very, very, very careful of who you see all around you. That's why this work's so important. So thank you for letting me share that. Yeah, no, that's that's crucial. And I think you say that the, the problems will come. And I mean, if we look at the news, what's happened right now in Turkey, you see the people that are suffering. They've lost everything, not even everything that they own, but their city is gone. And so where do they start? You know, there's no even jobs or nothing. Nothing is gone. So access to food, access to water. It's all been taken yeah, away. Exactly. Like Exactly. And literally in a, in a minute. And so it's it's important to, and it doesn't mean that they're not going to suffer, but it means that whoever has done work on themselves can figure out an easier way to get out of that, which is going to be a process and which is going to be really hard. And from here, it's easy to talk, but it's, it's um, whoever has done more work on themselves will have it a little bit easier to go through that hard situation. And I think that's fundamental. Couldn't agree more. The people that have worked on their heart, mind, and soul, those beautiful humans over in Turkey, they will rise. And no matter how big or how hard the challenge, they will see the opportunity in it. Yeah. They will see the opportunity to serve. They will see the opportunity to rebuild. They will see the opportunity to serve their fellow man. And they will see the opportunities. They will see the rainbow through the hurricane. And, um, and there's a great, here's another book for people to listen to. It's, it's most, I probably listened to it three or four times. It's called man's search for meaning. Oh, I love that uh, book. Victor Frankel in probably the worst situation that any human being could ever be in. I don't want to ruin the story for you, but probably I, I, I question that there's even a second. It had to be probably the worst as a human being to go through. Yeah. Um, he, he saw the opportunity, love learnings and goodness, and he got through it. Um, so anyone who hasn't read or listened, I don't want to ruin it for you, but it's, it's, I've probably listened to it three or four times. And anytime I get ahead of myself or start, you know, I, I read that and it brings, brings me back to center. Whenever I start drinking my own Kool-Aid, I'm like, wait a minute, I need, to go, I need, I need some victory in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah, that. That's a great advice. I really want to be, I mean, I could talk with you for hours, but I really want to be respectful, respectful of your time. And we're almost done the hour. But what is a thing that you see the, the people that you work with the most thing? I mean, the thing that they challenge them over and over, or the challenge that they go through, or the thing that they kind of hit the wall over and over? Because I think we talked about this. So people come to us at first because they want to hang around with successful people to do business with, to network and to build. Um, and so that's what they come to us for because we have a world-class network of men and women who they might not be successful, but they want to be around successful people. And a lot of them are very successful and they want to be even more successful. So they're all really much high achievers, but the number one issue, I'm just going to be bold. 
that every single human being, 100%, it's not 99%, it's not 1%. This is data. This is not anecdotal. The number one thing, it's not if, it's when you're going to struggle in your relationship with your spouse. 100%. And there's a billion different reasons for it. Um, and one of my goals, and I'm not successful at it yet, but one of my goals is to be the same person behind closed doors that I am in public. Mm. Um, so that I can honor the people who love me the most, my friends, my family, especially my wife. I give so much to so many other people. I need to make sure I've got enough in the tank. So it, the number one thing I see, it's not if, and if you're not, <laughs> my puppies are opening the doors behind me. So you're lo loving that. But um, it's not if you're going to struggle in your relationship. It's not if you're going to take it for granted. It's not if you're going to say something ridiculous because it's easy and convenient or you take it. It's when know that you're not alone, know that thousands and millions of other people are struggling with it too, but that's the time to lean in and have really communication, love and other resources and be around authentic people who've also been there that we don't have to just talk about business success. We can also be authentic and say, Hey, you know what? I'm really struggling in my marriage. It's the number one thing that I see. Oh, wow. Yeah, 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 I wasn't expecting that, but you're right. That's what we talked about. I'm like, no, I was thinking about something else. And This guy is... also struggles with it. Yeah. <laughs> everybody, like you're saying, everybody. I saw her just walk by. I, she just walked by. I was going to bring her by to confirm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one thing I would love to have is your wife share her experience of your change. Because oh, that would be... 100%. That, yeah, that would be amazing. And what is one thing that you would like to share that I haven't asked you? Oh, uh, one thing that I would like to share that you haven't asked me. Um, we've touched on everything, but we have three gifts. We have the gift of life. If you were listening to this podcast, you've probably got it well. Think about the people in Turkey. You've got this gift of life. What are you going to do with it? And it's totally up to you to see the love, learnings, and goodness all around you or the negativity. So see life as a gift. The second gift you have, and the, really the only thing you're in control of is your choices. Every choice you make is a choice. Sometimes it's the lesser of two evils, but it's a choice nevertheless. And what will you choose today to be, to become? Where are you going? Who's coming with you? And what are you? Who are you? So make choices that matter. And we talked about it. The third gift is the gift of death. Our time is limited here. It is a gift. If we were immortal and perfect, we'd be bored to death, but we're not. So there's going to be darkness all around you, but there's also light all around you. Are you going to choose to participate in your own rescue? No one's coming to save you. There's no quick fix and there's no magic pill. Will you choose to participate in your own rescue and honor the gift of life, the gift of choice, and the gift of death? That's what I would share. Thank you. Well, it's an honor for me to have you here in this podcast. I really appreciate the time that you've given us and all the wisdom that you share with us and all the stories that you share with us. And I really hope that we can get your wife at some future podcast. 100%. hundred <laughs> yeah. percent. It'll be the and... same background. <laughs> <laughs> She's just a little shorter than me. <laughs> yeah. We won't know. Like, two won't make the difference. So, yeah. <laughs> but thank you so much, Tony, for your time. And I hope we stay connected and uh, have a wonderful, wonderful time. Yeah, great. Evening.